Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast. Today we are recapping episode 13 and 14 of The Bad Batch, so if you haven't seen those, I would get out of here and go watch them. Um, right up front, I, I want to issue a bit of an apology. Uh, the Black Widow podcast, look, the, the editing wasn't there. Uh, it wasn't. I, I, don't, I can't really explain to you what happened. Um, we've been using Anchor, which I actually, like, I really do love Anchor. Like, there's been almost no issues with it. Um, they even have, like, a built-in editing software. But this has happened a couple times where, like, I might cut something out, and then in that cut, it'll, like, reverse the two clips. And I'll go back, and I'll try to re-edit it back into place, and it doesn't work. So with that being said, I'm going to be trying to change up our editing a little bit. Um, so just bear with us and thank you for sticking through it. Uh, you know, you guys are awesome. You've stuck with us thus far. So, uh, through thick and thin, we do appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's talk some Bad Batch. I, I'm here. I'm here with the alpha to my Omega. It's Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, how's it going? I'm good, but I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous now. Can people just start taking over whatever they want? Can someone come into our podcast studio and just be like, all right, I have this bird thing. We're just going to take over. Uh, this is our spot now. We we run this. We run this podcast. What what past guests would do this? I could see like Chad coming here and pushing me out oh, of my yeah. chair and kicking up his feet on the... But maybe... I honestly don't put it past any of them. I could see Adam like being all sweet to us, and then he comes in here, and he's like, you know what? It's mine. Uh, maybe two dudes watch cartoons. They're going to just... They're going to branch out. They're going to have a side, a side podcast and take over our gig. Two dudes. I, I feel like two. I think we're saying two dudes is like the Rex, uh, or 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 we're the Rex, and they're the they're the Bad Batch. Like when we have an issue, we're gonna call two dudes, and they're gonna come. They're gonna help out the situation. Few, yeah. Then they will probably help us if someone starts to take over our podcast. So I feel yeah. more relieved now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Tommy, I want to get your read. Like, uh, like we've we've kind of been doing this like uh, this biweekly format for the Bad Batch, which I think is working pretty good. Um, but I'm curious, like this chunk of episodes, it's it's not the penultimate episode yet, but it's like the penultimate chunk. Like, how have you been feeling about just like these episodes and the series as a whole? I think I've been enlightened because for a while now I've been like pretty down just like and I think I still feel this way of like this works better on a binge. I think this show and all of Star Wars, I, I talked to you briefly offline. and I was like, if you look at it, all Star Wars animated kind of works on a binge. I mean, I experienced Clone Wars on a binge. I experienced Rebels on a binge and loved it because I, I remember there were specific episodes that were rough to get through, but I just barreled through and it's like, it's one continuous story, but stopping down each week, it, it the pacing is off for me. So I, I, I think I figured out what my issue is with some of the animated and even the Mandalorian, some of the storytelling mechanics they've been using, right? They, they kind of been doing like um, just like, and, and sometimes for the bad batch, it's been like two episode arcs, but, but usually it's like a one episode arc. There's like, there's a problem. There's like a side character. They interact and solve the problem. The episode's over. And I, th I think what I've realized what the problem is for me in 2021, there is like an endless amount of television to watch. And I want to watch all of it. I, I, I love binging stuff, right? Um, so if a show cannot keep me wondering what the next week is going to be like or keep me on the, the edge of my seat, I, I've realized it's all about the cliffhanger for me. So episode 13, it had no cliffhanger. They had that issue. They had that side character. It's all figured out. And they're kind of back to where they started. 
Episode 14, on the other end, we went, we, we have a big cliffhanger, right? And now I just cannot wait for the next week. And, and that's, that's kind of like, I, and I think it does have to do with like, you know, like kind of like the old Western TV shows back when there was like 10 channels. It was like that, that's all they had to watch. And they were like super excited about it. And they didn't really care about what the format was because that's all the only option they had. And I know this might sound bad, but again, I just need something that's going to keep me coming back. And, and some episodes are doing that and some episodes are not. See, and that's where I, I agree with you. I think I've had to change my mindset. And this is where I say I've been enlightened because I think where I wanted Bad Batch to go is I wanted it to be very Bad Batch focused and Bad Batch to have an important role in the world. And I just don't think for the most part we're going to get that. I think I ha had really high expectations. I mean, we came off uh, WandaVision and all these Marvel shows. And I think I got like... Um, into this mindset that everything has to be like extreme. Like we need extreme results from these shows. And I think with Star Wars, I had to put into the mindset that I like the Star Wars universe. This is going to show us more of the Star Wars universe. Uh, it's what it's definitely doing is it's filling in a lot of gaps for rebels. Like that is clear to me. And I think that's what I need to enjoy about it is like the small references to the shows I've already loved seeing different species and different planets of the Star Wars world that I love. Like I loved seeing this, the goat alien species back again. Like I, I actually love that character, uh, that species of character in rebels. And uh, so that was fun for me in episode 13. I think that's why I'm higher on episode 13 and for Like I'm higher on both. It's just because I enjoyed that. It's kind of whatever they want to talk about in Star Wars. That's what it is. And it isn't as, suspenseful as maybe some of the other stuff but i think that's okay yeah and again don't get me wrong i i think this show is is really good thus far i've, I've really enjoyed it but sometimes again kind of like i said like sometimes really good doesn't cut it it's like uh you gotta be like incredible you really have to stand out this day and age and uh, it's not the best TV show out there, but I am having a lot of fun. And as a Star Wars fan, like you said, I've loved the connectivity to all the other TV shows. And, and I think there's going to be so much more coming after this. I, I've said it before. Um, I, 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 I'm hell bent. I'm I, like, I will put money on Omega showing up in, in the book of Boba Fett or, or some other property for that matter. But I would bet book of Boba Fett. So, well, I, yeah, I mean, I definitely have some theories off this episode uh, of 14 and, I can kind of see where I think they're going potentially. And then it's definitely clear what the theme of the back half of this series, I think is going to be. Gotcha. So, so with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into our seven highlights. We have seven highlights across both episodes. And the first highlight is about Roland kicking out Sid. And we can talk about Roland as a whole here and kind of like uh, how all this worked. But uh, yeah, that was it. Like, uh, I, I'm curious what your take is on like, uh, is that easy to like just go in like uh, uproot Sid and and take over her whole thing? That was my. Maybe I missed this. Like, it did seem really easy. Like, we just kind of got the the hearsay on it, and it was just kind of like Sid has gone, and we're it's we're led to to believe that she got murdered, but he just like threw her out. So Sid was just like, all right, yeah, you got me. Like no one's ever tried to hold a gun against me. You, you can have it now. Like, yeah, I wonder what it's like. Does Sid not have security? Like, do we need a do we need a like home improvement Sid's Sid's base and like move that bus and then we'll show her all this like <laughs> security tech that we we souped up her her base with. 
Yeah, and her two little goons that she has running around with her, that like we see them like playing Sabak in the background every once in a while. Um, but yeah, they, they they made an appearance here and they had a, they had a slightly bigger role, but um, they're useless. They ratted her out, didn't they? Like, uh, yeah, she's she's she needs a new crew, and she needs higher security. So, yeah. But I, I think I think kind of what uh, my like perception of kind of like it's this this post uh, empire world and that right. So there's not a lot of at least I can't recall seeing like any heavy empire presence on the world. But what I like what I'm getting is that the empire is more willing to side with like some of these dark shadow organizations like the pikes or or maybe even just like this lowly gang that came in um and, and i think that's kind of like how we see the world all together and i think tatooine's a good example with the job of the hut um things just kind of don't work properly there's nobody there to protect the people um and whether or not they're like actually teaming up with somebody like the pikes and like having them hold control over stuff like this i'm not quite sure but I do think that has a lot to do with it. I think this is, again, just kind of showing what this lawless, evil-type world we're living in. And I think that's the other part of Bad Batch that I'm liking that I didn't open my eyes to. is like, what this is, if anything else, it's the first one that's really showing us right after the Empire takes over and how that transition period worked. And I've been loving that stuff. I've been loving them showing this kind of lawless world that it created. And it also kind of works when we compare it to Mandalorian and like how like even after the second wave, it's still a lawless world. Like this really does damage that ripples throughout all of the Star Wars universe from now on. They never get back to what they had when the Republic was, you know, thriving with their Jedi. Exactly. So um yeah we missed the jedi the 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 guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy it's uh there's there's no more of that there's no peace yeah. and justice it's just uh doggy dog world out there i guess that's the balance though right because it's like the when the republic was in charge that was too much good and then we went to too much bad we had too many bad boys up in here yeah. uh, not the bad batch boys yeah. and then we have like i guess lawless and everyone just kind of in it for themselves is is balance i guess <laughs> that's what star wars is telling us i guess uh i do want to say with sid i am very surprised that like sid has become kind of the home base and like the go-to like all right we need something to do sid sending us on a mission i think the show would benefit from getting i actually thought that sid losing her spot I thought that was or her potentially dying. I just thought that would have been a cool twist of like, she's dead. Now they have to figure out what to do when they don't have this person who's conveniently supplying them and giving them, you know, gas to uh, whatever the, the spaceship fuel is up there. And uh, I, I think she's holding them back a little bit. I do love the character, but it's a great character. And again, like you said, it's like, uh, since like kind of been proven to be like this rough and tough type, we kind of like learn more. Like she's, she's even kind of like a sharpshooter in a way. But yeah, at the end of the day, uh, she can't really protect them in the way that I think they need. Like, they, I feel like they need something more grounded, and I don't think Sid. But again, I think that's kind of like, uh, you know, they, they don't have the rebellion yet. And, and I'll be interested to see, like, if they do put their roots into the rebellion, right? Um, I want to talk about this. This is like, this is like my own personal. I, I found an Easter egg, right? And I haven't, I haven't seen anything about this online. Um, and maybe, maybe I've just like completely lost my mind, but, but I don't think it was an accident. I like, I felt pr like I paused it. Right. 
Um, before before they go see Sid, and they're walking through this, this is like right at the beginning, they're walking through the streets of Ward Mantell. There's like a, a, a panning shot, and there's there's two people on a balcony, and it pans down from the balcony, but one of the people on the balcony looks exactly like Nebula from Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I know I, I'll send you the picture later, Tommy. Maybe I'll post it on uh, maybe I'll post it on Instagram. But uh, I, I think they put Nebula in Ward Mantell. Just saying. That would be really fun. Uh, yeah, I did not notice it myself, but I think that would be a fun Easter egg. I, if any character, I guess, would fit into the Star Wars universe, even as like a little nod, I think Nebula would be it. And the thing is, like, nobody can tell me it's not because it looks enough like Nebula for me to say, yes, it is. But it's also kind of like shadowy, so you can't really tell. So I, I'm not going to say that I'm right, but you can't say that I'm wrong. What if Filoni shows up to your door right now, knocks, knock, 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 and tells <laughs> you tells you it's not Nebula? I would have so many. I'd be like, fine, let's talk about other stuff. I don't even <laughs> yeah, care. Like, yeah. I've got you're so like many ideas I need to give you. Yeah, you're like, Filoni, this is a weird flex for you to come all the way to my house just to tell me it wasn't Nebula. Now I have other I have other bones to pick. You're like, can you retweet our podcast at least? Because you clearly listen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's how we get them. Yeah. Hook, line, singer. Singer. Sinker? There you go. Hook, line, sinker. <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's move on to highlight number two, which is about the hive. And, and I'll be honest, so... We get we get seven highlights here, um, and we got to give three to one episode, four to the other. I gave three highlights to this episode just because I wasn't really sure what to talk about, but I did like the one thing I did really like, and, and you know, it's there's more so like some action going on inside of it um, from kind of when they're like uh, they're they're kind of plotting and they're like sneaking through this hive. But uh, I did think this was like one of the cooler settings of of this episode, and uh, kind of like the deep dark tunnels and the little like bats that live there. What, what, what do you think about the hive? Yeah. For one of their like more random missions, I enjoyed this more than like some of the other, you know, let's go and then a creature will attack us while we're on their planet. Cause you know, the world is scary. I didn't mind this. I liked that this is a planet. It was cool to see more of Sid and see like Sid being strategic and Sid like having a plan. And like, uh, I thought this was a pretty like, good plan to get her business back like obviously it kind of they should have maybe hid this you know got the spices somewhere else because like this was a lot of work to get back later but uh i i enjoyed this yeah i'm curious uh if you have an lvp for this episode because the hive brings about an lvp for me and that person is wrecker wrecker screwed up twice here i don't know if you noticed this he drops his flashlight at first and that stirs up a mess and then at the end, he he drops the cart, and that stirs up a mess again. He made the same mistake twice, Wrecker. Yeah, I will see with the cart. I they should have probably chose a different location to bring them down, right? Like that cart was like right there. I'm like, I guess they could have leaned a little bit away from it, but I felt like that was poor uh, management of uh, location for their cranes. Yeah, he uh, maybe it's the heights though, because there was a previous episode where he almost like falls into the water and gets eaten by that squid or whatever. Uh, he's always like, I don't think he's good. Like he's always the one to like kind of slip up. So Wrecker is accident prone. Should we put him in like a bubble? Like should he become the new bubble boy and like we just protect him with our lives? 
Yeah, I mean, he's very much just like a bull in the china shop, right? Like, he will destroy the enemy, but he'll destroy everything else in the process. He bumps his head. He may start killing you. You got to watch out. That's like the little, like, uh, you know, like, get your record today, but, like, read the fine print. It's like, if he bumps his head, he might murder you. Watch out. Yes, exactly. Uh, Be careful. (laughs) That's, like, the pet warning. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I think this was fun, and, like, I, you know, it's switching in with, like, it was fine. You know, it was probably the, the the weaker part was the high part for me. I actually enjoyed the, the Roland uh, Omega stuff a little bit more, but talk to me about that. What would you, uh, you have any, like, I mean, first off, like can Omega, I guess she hung out with like some kids, uh, but, but like, I feel like she hangs out with adults way too much and she always befriends them. Like, I don't think there's a character that doesn't befriend Omega. She's like, gotta have like high charisma, like, what is it about Omega? But I do like that, like, we kind of got more into his backstory and, like, he's kind of like, this is all my planet knows. Like, we do just take over things and, like, I have to. My mom is literally, like, <laughs> the head honcho over there. So it's like, I, again, I I love I do love that species. I love, like, kind of what happens to him at the end. And I think we can get into that a little bit of, like, you know, like, he loses his horn and, like, that's a... I mean, again, going back to what I said about Rebels and the only, like, really the time we've seen the species, the name of his syndicate was Broken Horn Syndicate. So, like, Damn. I don't know it, how much Roland's going to play into that. But, like, uh, it, it was interesting to me. I don't know. I, again, it is kind of, at the same time as I say, I did like it. It did kind of feel like same old, same old. Like, how is this any different than when she bonded with Sid over, you know, <laughs> the, the game? So, uh, that's just imagine anytime Omega has to be held back, she's going to befriend someone. Yeah. There's not enough kids, but uh, I guess she is mature. Right. Cause like, I, I don't know. Like if I was like, uh, I, I don't know what the real world equivalent of the bad batch would be. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, am I on the run with like my gang or something? And like, we have a child with us. I don't know that we would be as tolerant. So there you have it. Omega. Hi, Charisma. You're the D&D guy. I don't know how the stats work. but Yeah, yeah. Um, she's definitely got like a plus three in Charisma or something. Uh, she's high in Charisma, probably low in Strength. Um, she's pretty dexy. She's got some dexterity in her. Um, I wouldn't say she's wise, but would, would you say she's more intelligent than she is wise? I think a Wisdom is like street smarts, right? Like I don't think she has tons of street She's fine. Like I think she's very neutral on street smarts, but I feel like her brain is where it's at. It's hard to tell if she's more wise than intelligent. Um, like, uh, I, I, don't, I feel like she's always thinking with her heart more than anything. So, and I don't think that necessarily, like, I don't think it's necessarily wise to always follow your heart, but I don't think it's necessarily, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, again, you're the D&D guy. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. You what do those words even mean? I don't know intelligence yeah. or wisdom. Tomato, tomato. You know, that's what I like to say. <laughs> yes. All right, let's move on to highlight number three, and uh, we we can we can talk about all the like I called it uh, the pikes and spice just because I like the sound of that, and I want to talk about the pikes, but we can talk about uh, just the the whole ending here um, with, with Roland and everything. But I, I do want to talk about uh, upfront. Uh, I'm a big pikes guy. I like them. I was gonna say the same thing. I don't know if I liked them as much in the episode they were in in Clone Wars, probably because I just don't like the other two that we will not say their names. From that episode, but I did not like their introduction, so maybe that made me a little more 
lukewarm on the pikes, but uh, they do look pretty cool. Like, I feel like a pike costume would be a fun Halloween costume. Yeah, and actually, because they originally show up in the Clone Wars, right? And they're part of the Shadow Collective. And I think that's why I like them, because I'm a big fan of that arc in Clone Wars. But yeah, like you said, I, I think uh, they, they show up again in Solo. There, there's a Pike a Pike men in Solo, and uh, yeah, the costume's awesome. So yeah, I would yeah. down to be, I would down that cosplay. We love the Pikes. But yeah, and they love spices. These Pikes... Do not touch your spices. Like, how many people have to learn this lesson? So spices are drugs, right? Yeah, I think so. They can be used. I think it's, like, talked about as, like, spices are, like, they can be used for bombs. They can be used as drugs. Like, it's one of those, like, universal, like, depending on how you, you cook and spice. it. spice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you can, like, uh, you can, like, uh, spice up your taco and then uh, snort up the whatever's left and then blow up the school. I don't know. That's all you I can got. do it all. No, do it <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think like like I said, I liked the stuff with with Roland and Omega during this. I did like that. Like, it was kind of a successful mission. Like in, in the grand scheme of things, this was probably one of their more successful missions. I felt like, um, like Sid had a good plan. It worked. They did kind of get caught, but at the end of the day, they did get back the spices. The pikes were fine. Everyone was happy. Yeah, and that's kind of like again, uh, we just kind of uh, we end where we left off, right? No, the, uh, every everything kind of goes back to normal here, and and then I'm wondering like, okay, is the next episode gonna be just like this? Am I like super motivated to like find out what happens next? The only thing I can think of why we're getting all these like side people is again what I've said before. It's gonna end just as Star Wars loves to do, where all of their ragtime friends are gonna come in and save them in the nick of time, like oh, you guys are the bad batch, and you think you're like a loners, but look at all these people that care about you. Look at them. And then they're all going to come up, and they're all going to save them. Yeah, like the, uh, the end of Endgame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, the friends you made, it's the friends you made along the way. Yeah, well, I can't wait for that moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move into let's move into episode fourteen, and uh, I've alluded to it before. I'm a much bigger. I, I think we have a lot more to talk about personally from this episode. Um, one of which being highlight number four, which is Gregor. Tommy, do you remember Gregor from the Clone Wars? Of course, I remember Gregor from the Clone Wars, but even more so, I remember Gregor from Rebels. See, the I remember big character him. in Rebels. Yeah. I remember him from uh, Rebels, but I, I didn't. I, I actually wasn't even sure if he was in Clone Wars, so that's kind of what it was. Uh, uh, he I was. He was a very quick. It's like a quick and miss uh, character. He's presumed dead, but then he, obviously we see him again. Then we see him again. So like, I think he was like a, a dishwasher. Honestly, like I think that was his role. Like I, if I remember correctly, there was something. But then he says he's a commando here, and I think the commandos are really interesting. Like the clone commandos is always an interesting concept of these like head honcho cones. Uh, and I also like with Gregor that I thought was really interesting. And I, this might be jumping to one of our other highlights. I like how they kind of explain how sucky the stormtroopers are by the idea that the clone troopers taught them, but they taught them poorly specifically because they were like, why would we teach the, our replacements how to do our job better than us? That is like a really good, like fix for why the, the stormtroopers suck. So yeah, I love that concept. And uh, yeah, you have to imagine that happened uh, yeah, galaxy wide. 
That's just I'm I'm telling you that's what Star Wars is doing now. They're just trying to fix any plot holes they had in their original. Because like even like like Rogue One fixed the whole problem of why there was a hole to destroy your whole Death Star. Well, it's like okay, we're gonna do a whole movie to explain that away. We got this explaining why the stormtroopers suck. Like, what's gonna be next? What's the next problem to solve in the Star Wars universe? Um, fire in space. That's mine. Why is there? How how could there be ex- explosions and 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 fire in space without oxygen? All right, that's gonna be the Ahsoka series. They're gonna tackle that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please answer that. Though. Everyone's dying to find out. Send your letter letter to Filoni, dear Mister yeah. Filoni. All I care about is why is there fire in space? That's it. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, uh, I, I like Celine Gregor. I like the character because he is kind of unique. Like he has like his voice is a little different. He's he's he, he, uh, and I feel like that's the thing with this show that they're doing well. is like giving each of the clones their own personalities, even not just the bad batch, but the other ones as well. And clone, uh, clone wars, they did that to a degree, but they were all kind of similar. Like I barely could tell the difference between all the, the members of Anakin's team. Like, you know, Rex, but I barely knew Echo until like he got cyborg parts. It was the only now I now I know the differences. Yeah, and I, I think uh that, that was one thing they did well with the Bad Batch. Like obviously they're they're all very unique, but like uh like you you really couldn't confuse uh tech and wrecker, right? So I, I do like that. I like the simplicity of like just by the stature alone you can uh, you can kind of pick up on who these people are. Um anything else on uh Gregor here? No, I mean, it's pretty simple, right? Like, Rex sent them on this mission to get Gregor because Gregor, Gregor got basically pulled to uh, train the uh, train the new stormtroopers that are basically taking over for the clones. And then that's a big deal, right? Like, we talked about this from the beginning. That seems to be the, what I was saying earlier. The main theme is these stormtroopers. And Gregor is, is in char- was in charge of one of the people in charge of training, and he tried to escape and got caught, obviously, like... It's just one person. That was a, a cool sequence that we open up and like uh, him running through and those little doggy things chasing after him. And then uh, there's a point where he puts that tracking device on the tree. I thought it was a bomb. I thought it was going to blow up the dogs. Luckily, he did not. He just uh, was a distress call, I guess. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, we'll move on from Gregor here. We'll go to highlight number five, which is about. Uh, the the Owens downfall, right? I, I feel like that, that that's more so what we finally got. We've been talking about it for so long, and, and I'm sure there's going to be more to come from it, but it's at least begun, right? I love. I think the Owens have been kind of the thing that I've been most intrigued by, just because they really aren't utilized in any other Star Wars thing as that much. Um, and I like that we're kind of seeing them have some backbones. They've kind of just been in the background like the fact that they were trying to do this sneaky, sneaky plan because they saw what the writing on the wall, it was very clear that they were, they were expendable. And um, I don't love the prime minister, but again, loved the idea. They unfortunately get caught. That's not great. Yeah. Uh, Nala's got a thing for kids. Uh, always trying to save the kids. She was like shuttling. I th- and I think that's important that you bring that up. I think that was in their intention. Like, I think that is her focus is I think she's the one uh, that believes in the children. And I think she's going to do something. We're going to see her because, you know, they did take her. She's going to do something that saves them in the end. I think she's going to whatever they're having her create. 
she, you know, just like everything else we mentioned, where like Rogue One had the, you know, the guy sabotage Emperor's player. They really knew it needed to do a better interview process. It's kind of what I've got it. Maybe don't turn your enemies into workers for you. Because most likely they're going to do something that sabotages your plans. They're not going to just like nicely do your plans just because they're intelligent. Like that's what I've learned. Don't trust your enemies. Seems common sense. Yeah. No, that, that, uh, I, I don't get that at all. Um, my, my theory with uh, Nala say saving the kids was I've talked about it before. I, I, I think that we will see some sort of mass death of the clones of some sort or, or at least the Kaminoans. and i find it interesting that like they were shuttling the kids out which actually has me really concerned if the kids are not going to be in the same location as everyone else they're probably killing everyone else right do you think that like potentially and this could even be part of omega's plot could potentially omega link back up with her and they go with the kids and they take care of and and we now know there's like these clones that are that are growing up separate from everything else um, and that's like they're out in the universe. I could see that potentially. Again, there, I believe, like, I, well, I feel confidently in, in, in kind of like the Mandalorian verse, right? Uh, we've we've had uh, clues to make us think that there is some sort of remnants of the Kaminoans still around, which that that makes me wonder. Maybe these kids, like, they get sent off. And they're like they—they're not necessarily soldiers because they weren't fully trained. Like they were just kids. But maybe all they know is like trying to understand themselves. Why they're all clones? The like the meaning and the purpose behind that. And they become like their own little clone team. And they're like little scientists. Baby bad bad baby. Ba- I'm telling you, I've been saying it since episode one. <laughs> every every property should just have baby versions. I've we're right said there. it before. We're right uh, there. I do see a path for her. I think she's going to be tied into the Palpatine stuff. I think she's going to be tied into – they need the technology, the cloning technology. They now have a scientist in their in their grasp. Yes, and, and I, I, uh, I I think in the sequels altogether and, and past that uh, or, or, or even before that with The Mandalorian, like I, I believe that there is – there's just a lot of – there's a lot of like things to allude to cloning, right? And I, I think it is officially canon because of the novelization of the Rise of Skywalker that Palpatine did have clones. Like, like we weren't quite sure, but like they really did confirm it there. Um, and again, I, if I had gone to my head, I think Grogu could be a clone as well. So I, I think that all of this is, is being set up to something greater. We're going to find out. It's all going. It's all going to puzzle piece together. It's going to tie in. It's going to tie tie in the end of the Kaminoans. It's going to tie in Grogu. It's going to tie in Palpatine. And uh, they're going to make sense of all of it. And again, they're fixing their mistakes. And uh, explaining all this stuff was one of them. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, whatever else with the Kaminoans, I mean, we get, like, I kind of hinted at, Prime Minister is dead, I'm assuming, right? Like, we didn't hear the shots. I was actually surprised we didn't hear the shots when the door went. So maybe he's still alive. But it seems pretty clear. He was like, hey, we don't need a politician. Um, I'm kind of liking the Admiral as an enemy. We haven't got a ton from him. But he's, like, up there for, like, those admirals of, like, he's kind of scary. I don't think he's Tarkin yet, but he's like he's he's not a nice guy. He's like a young Tarkin, right? Yeah, uh, he's got potential. Yeah, I'll get there, <laughs> or probably not. I think you're dying. No, yeah, yeah, don't don't give him false hope, Michael. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I, you know he, he listens to the podcast. Okay, you can't yeah, give him 
yes. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, highlight number six, which um again kind of like the hive this is like our our setting really and i I just you know i loved the base and all this so highlight number six is the base and the stormtroopers um and i also you mentioned them uh briefly before but the clone commandos which i believe don't quote me on this and i'm sure somebody will school me later but i believe this is the first time we're seeing the commandos in official canon so there was the republic commandos video game right and as far as I know, I'm sure they've shown up in like other places, like comic books and whatnot. As far as I know, that's probably like the, their biggest appearance. And Clone Commandos is not canon. And here they are now. I haven't seen them in any of the animated shows or movies. So I would say that this is a... Uh, I like when they do this. I like when they kind of pull in some of the Legends material and make it canon. So yeah, all, all about the Commandos. Yeah, I love that, and I love this base. I mean, it's, again, it's kind of they're starting to get into the vibe of the original Star Wars movies, and like even in the music, like the music really gave me Death Star vibes, like the same music, the same cues. Like you could hear it in in it if you go back and listen. Um, so loving that the stormtrooper stuff. Yeah, I, I kind of like talked about it a little bit. I mean, this is where we're going, right? Uh, Project War Mantle, you know, first talked about in Rogue One. Uh, we're seeing it, and the the plan to replace clones with people from all over the the universe of Star Wars. That's that's where we're heading, right? Yeah, definitely. And uh, well, we've theorized before. I, I, it's definitely something we knew would come across this way eventually. And uh, yeah, again, like just more context to to the the things that we didn't always have context to. So, um, what do you think of the? Uh, they have like different out like. Like when they said they're like spying on them and they're like, uh, they look at the stormtroopers. Oh, the, they've got new outfits, but but they weren't like I was like I was like prepared. I was like, oh, here here are the classic stormtrooper outfits, but they weren't even that. Who who creates these outfits? Like who's like the stormtrooper costumer? Um, do they have like an Edna mode of their universe? That's a good question. I, I would be that'd be uh that I, I would be down to see the uh, Edna mode of Star Wars. Yeah, because like this is the thing, like the and it's, like they talk about it a little bit in Rebels. It's like Rex says, like these uniforms are awful. Like the clone trooper uniforms are way better; they're way less clunky. Um, the stormtrooper uniforms are really not it, you know. And uh, I, I, I'm, I must have, you know, the first person, the first costumer. This is my prediction: the first costumer, huge Republic fan, pub, you know, woo, go the Jedi, killed him got rid of them and then <laughs> and then there's a new guy that came in and they were like the palpatine was like i want i want costumes that are bulky and they look like this and he like drew up a little sketch and then handed this guy and that's that's why we got the stormtrooper costumes that's how it went down there you have it makes uh makes complete sense to me one one other comparison i wanted to make was um yeah this little it was like uh, if you call back to Revenge of the Sith when Obi-Wan Kenobi fights General Grievous and they're in that little tunnel thing um, uh, that like, kind of goes into the earth. Yeah, that's what this reminded me of. It also reminded me of the, like if you think back to when uh, uh, Ahsoka meets your two least favorite characters in the final season of the Clone Wars. They go down to level thirteen, thirteen, kind of like that—the underground of Coruscant again. So, 
this is very much uh you know they like they like their round destructive ball thingies but they also like the holes in the earth that hold people yeah and and once again we are shown omega being useful and like being clever like their ship is you know uh not really really working anymore and she grabs a droid and uh and works her magic she just seems to always be on the ball yeah do good to be true almost yeah, there's got to be like a shoe that drops there, and 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 I she definitely still has potential. She's still untapped, but I do like that the focus is kind of dropped of the mystery of Omega, and we've just accepted her. And it's kind of like, listen, we'll tell you when we get there, but don't don't focus on it. Focus on everything else we're setting up. Right, right, yeah. Well, we'll we'll get there. Um, let's go to highlight number seven. This again. Um, the highlight number seven is uh, Hunter Stranded, and this is like the big cliffhanger. And this is what I like. This is like I, I cannot wait to find out with Hunter. We we see Crosshair with them. He he comes up to him at the end. So uh, yeah, this is it's gonna be interesting. I have a theory. Yes. Do we think that the Bad Bad series is gonna end dark, and do we think it's gonna end in the sense dark in a couple of reasons? Because do we think that potentially? Hunter is now captured. Um, we so, so yeah, Hunter got stranded. It's like a really touching scene, honestly, where the, he's like, "Go!" and like clearly, like he had no chance of escape. We see there's tons of stormtroopers around them. He's a goner, and then we see that his buddy, he's back with his buddy. He's getting mind. He he's he's gonna come back inside the dark trooper costume. So my theory is, does the series end? with all the Bad Batch becoming the first original version of the Dark Troopers. Is that how this ends? Where That's all of them the, are Dark Troopers? Yeah, see, and here's the thing. I, I feel like, like you said, is this a dark ending? And I, I could see where there are dark elements, and I think you put it best. I don't necessarily think this is going to happen, but I could see something of the sort. Like, the Bad Batch sacrificing themselves for a higher cause, right? It's dark in the fact that we lose all of our characters, but it's happy in the fact that kind of save the day. I could see something like that happen. I don't know where there's any winning if everybody, if they're all just reverted back to their uh, their inhibitor chip form. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't... I could see it for an episode. I could see Hunter getting a chip back in him and doing, but you kind of already did that with Wrecker, right? I could see another angle where we, we come back and Carl, he's dead. Like Hunter's dead. Like he kills him and we lose Hunter. We lose your leader. Uh, Omega loses that father figure. I think that could give us the boost for the rest of the series to really, um, they then become Avengers essentially. Like they are, now they have a mission. Now they have a drive. Um, because right now it really doesn't feel like they have anything they're fighting for. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons I think we're frustrated with the Bad Batch is there is no like, yes, the Empire is getting stronger, but they don't really care. Like it's it's really they would just like go about doing jobs for Sid for the rest of their life as if the Empire wasn't hunting them down. And so like I think I could see that as they're like he's gonna be their Phil Coulson. It's potential. My only thing is, I feel like we would have ended the episode on that if that would like. It's hard for me to picture like they capture him and then we come back and they kill him. Like I feel like if you really wanted, like if you're gonna have that climax, like the whole thing was like, at first it looked like he was dead. Which first of all, I want to rant about this, right? I, I think that they think we like Hunter more than we actually do. 
They definitely do. They because think he's the backbone of this the series. He's not. It's 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 it's, uh, it's Omega records in the background, and then yeah, you might have Hunter Third, but yeah. Um, but they're doing the thing that they do with Daryl on The Walking Dead. Daryl was like the safest character on that show because everybody loved him. But they constantly did the thing where like he almost gets bit by a zombie, and you're like super scared. It happens like every three episodes, right? They're doing that with Hunter, like uh, from the falling from the ship to the getting shot by Cad Bane. Like they're constantly dangling, like oh, Hunter might die. But I also feel like those were all other points where it might have been a better death. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's go to that extreme, though. Listen, put me in that room. Put me in the writer's room. The, 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 this is what we do. We open up. It's just we don't even see Hunter the entire episode. We focus just on the other ones trying to save Hunter. They get to the room. We, like, see it exactly like what we saw here. We know it's the room. And he's just dead. He's just already gone. It's just this thing of, like, yeah, we didn't see it. But it happened. And bam. It's just a complete slap in the face. It just it feels like a stretch, but I'll tell you what if it if you're right, uh, there's gonna be egg on my face. I'll tell I you think, what. I think it's one or the other. I think either he gets, you know, dark troopered, or he uh, gets killed off. Again, they've just done too much. If not, I'm annoyed because it's like they do too much of this. Like, how many characters on this show are gonna be kidnapped and then they have to get rescued? Like, how many rescues have we been through with the Bad Batch so far? Feels like everyone needs a rescue this day. I mean, they rescued Spice in this episode, right? Like, uh, or the last episode. They right? rescued Spice. They rescued a senator. They rescued Omega like 10 times. They rescued, like... Gregor. <laughs> they rescued Gregor. They rescued uh, the, the species for Jabba. <laughs> They've done everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Every episode is a rescue mission, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just in the writer's room. It's just... All right, we got our main. There's going to be a rescue, and then they just fill in the names of like who's doing the rescuing and who's getting rescued. But it's like that is the main <laughs> tag for the middle part. There you go. That's all. That's all you need. So you too uh, can write your own Bad Batch episode today. It's just like a mat. They have Mad Libs, right? It's it's yes. like it's like person gets captured by group, and they get rescued by a nice group. Yeah. And I think, like, like I said, I think I figured out, like, what does upset me a little bit is, like, there was no drive. Like, Rebels had a drive because they were constantly being hunted and, like, but they were also trying to stop the Empire. I think that's what's missing with the Bad Batch is they don't – they're not Rex. Rex is trying to actively join the Rebellion. I don't think they are. You know, we got – quickly in the beginning, we see the Resistance start, and then we haven't seen that since. We haven't seen uh, – what's his name, you know? And – um we uh Sol Guerrero, we haven't seen him. We so like it's like I don't think that's gonna be part of their story. I, I guess the focus, like we've said, is is more of the them trying to prevent the stormtroopers, I guess, from forming. I I guess that's where we're heading. Yeah, and I think that, that might be the other issue with this series as far as again, like you said, we're just kinda like we're just like, it's like a video game. And, and there's like one central location where you get all your side quests. And they're like constantly going to the side quests. And they're not worried about the main quest. They're just like side quests, side quests, side quests. But it's like, uh, here we are. We got we got two episodes left. And it's like, well, what is their actual goal? Like, do they even really care? Like, I know they don't like the Empire, but they're also not act, like actively coming after them either. 
Yeah, you're right. It is just like a video game. And I always love that in video games where it's like, oh, there's a dragon attacking a city. But don't worry. You can spend 20 days on the side quest. That dragon will wait for you to be ready. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of what it is. There's no pressure on them. There's no there's no shot clock. We need a shot clock. Exactly. So uh, anything else to, to wrap up the episode here, Tommy? No, I think we covered it pretty well. Like I said, I, I like have hope. And like I did enjoy the episodes. Um I'm excited to see this Hunter stuff. Like They have a lot of potential what they can do for that character, for the group as a whole. I think they need a loss. They need a, they need a hit. They need something that like really shakes them because I think they haven't had that since Crosshair turns. Like, I think that was the last time they really like felt down on their luck. Uh, let me ask you this. Was rescuing Gregor worth losing Hunter? No. Okay, I agree. No. So. Yeah. <laughs> he already that, gave up all. his... Like if he didn't already train the troopers, maybe, but like he's already trained the troopers. He's he's completely useless to the Empire at this point. Yeah. Uh and, and so like it didn't stop anything. You just gained a person for Rex to use later on. Like that's really it. One more thing. I think I would have liked this show more if you replaced all of the Bad Batch with Rex. What if this was a Rex standalone show? I would have liked. I think they thought this is where we get into that Star Wars has such a bad read of which characters they think are going to be our favorites. Like it all started with George Lucas saying that Jar Jar was going to be the star of the prequels, and it's the same with this. I think they thought Bad Batch we were going to love them, but I agree with you. This was just about Rex, you know, leaving Ahsoka and what he goes off and does, and then eventually leading back to. I'm assuming finding Ahsoka or like leading down his path, right? Gathering the clone troopers that are still around and, and forming this almost like clone trooper resistance. I would have been so fascinated with that. That would have been so fun. Yeah, and the Bad Batch could have been like one of the episodes there. And, and again, yeah. we have like we have a central goal. Like he he's way more invested in taking down the Empire. Um, we, we get all the same cameos, and we could still have Omega there too. So. Uh, look, we'll we'll work on that. We'll workshop the uh, the Rex sandwich. And you could have done like, yeah, you could do like a like a four episode arc where he goes in and you you get the Omega stuff. You could you could yada yada. Basically, what we've had in fourteen episodes, you probably could have done in a four episode arc. Honestly, yeah, yeah definitely. So, uh, all right, let's let's move on out. Let, uh, let's move into. Uh, well, do we have do you have any news, Tommy? We didn't even discuss this at the top of the show. Um, I don't think there was any Star Wars stuff, but uh, I, I guess I'm a little interested. Uh, have you heard about what's going on with uh, Scarlett Johansson, Tommy? I have heard about Scarlett Johansson. Well, um, what do you make? I think it's justified. I think it's hundred yeah. percent. So basically, she's uh, suing uh, Marvel. I mean, first of all, like she's basically out. Of, like, I'm pretty sure they're not going to use her, and, and, and they may still be on good terms. But they did break the contract. The contract said that she had an exclusive theatrical uh, release for Black Widow. Clearly, they didn't do that. They released it also on Disney Plus, and she's saying you broke the contract. You did it so that I wouldn't get bonuses on the box office, right? They didn't want the box office essentially to be high because then they would have owed her bonuses. I think they counted Black Widow as a little wash. I think they weren't, I, I think they regret making Black Widow, frankly. I, I think they do. And I think they were just like, let's just use it to boost the Disney plus streaming service and try to get out of it without paying as much money as possible. You, you wrapped it up pretty well there. Uh, and again, I like, I don't know, like, um, uh, I, somebody, uh, one of my favorite podcasters, uh, 
described this as alien versus predator. No matter who who wins this situation, we lose. So, and I get yep. the complaints. Like I get like, uh, oh, oh, sad, sad millionaire didn't get enough millionaire dollars, right? Like I get that. Um, but also Disney is like worse than that. Like they, yeah. like they, they, they're just like this monopoly of entertainment, and they kind of suck it all in and do with it what they want. And they kind of, it's clear that they don't treat these people with respect. So yeah, get your bag, Scarlet Joe. I guess uh, I looked at a really quick article. Kevin Feige wanted to side with uh, Scarlet. He is angry and embarrassed about the situation. Yes, could, could could we see uh, is Marvel splitting off from Disney? No, <laughs> Disney's got a, Disney's yeah. got uh, Marvel trapped. Yeah, uh, that is sad, isn't it? That like, yeah. uh, it's like, well, you hate us, but you are us, and you're uh, all, you're all in contracts too. Like you you have to do the rest of these movies, so. Yeah, so just real quick, two other Marvel news that I heard recently. Uh, the one is we do have a Hawkeye uh, date. It looks like we're shooting for November 24th is going to be when, when Hawkeye comes out. And then the other thing is uh, James Gunn, he's like in the news nowadays because, like, listen, he's got this other uh, superhero movie that's coming out, Suicide Squad. I've heard reviews about it. You know, I've heard some stuff, good and bad. Uh, and also he made mention, and it's like this is way, like, do not get your hopes up. But I do think it's interesting. And he's basically mentioned how – he has talked to both DC and Marvel about a DC Marvel crossover movie. Now it could have just been a passing comment. We don't know to what extent, but it did sound like that they were receptive, but it could have just been like a, yeah, maybe. And then just kind of like passing off, you know, it, it really is probably not much, but it would be an interesting concept. Yeah. More specifically, I think it had to do with uh, Harley Quinn and the guardians of the galaxy, which yep. uh, again, those are like two, two of his franchises and their respective, uh, corners of the the superhero verse, so um, yeah, yeah, you got that Harley Quinn TV show. Like, I, I think that'd be a good animated thing. If nothing else, yeah, yeah, I believe that was the question. Like, they were like, "Oh, what if your two characters?" And he was like, "Well, I have talked about crossover." So yeah, I mean, it could be Harley, it could be anything. I think that would be like to me. It really feels like a like a Marvel Capcom kind of you know that video game. Like that's how it would feel, and and it would be interesting. I n could never see it actually happen. We can barely get Sony making deals with Marvel about Spider-Man. So, <laughs> uh, Tommy, I have a question for you and the listeners because I, maybe I want some feedback on it. But you also you could trump it now. You could say no, we're not. You could just shut it down, right? Um, and or maybe you love the idea and all the audience hates it. Therefore, they shut you down. So either way, but uh, uh, would you be down to do uh, if if we both enjoy? the suicide squad would you be down to do a bonus podcast about it i would yeah i i am definitely very intrigued about the suicide squad i'm a big james gunn fan um with his work and like i think like like everyone's been saying i i don't see this being a bad movie just because it's essentially guardians of the galaxy 2 again like he just gets a new chance to make that kind of movie with a whole new set of characters in a whole different environment and he doesn't have to worry about continuity like he doesn't really have to worry about like too much to the degree of marvel of like everything has to work for 10 movies down the line so uh yeah that's a long answer to say i would be intrigued to uh talk about this uh, also uh i believe it's rated r too so i think he got to go full uh you go full force and like whatever blood and gore he wanted to so hide your kids don't let them listen to our <laughs> podcast on that day 
we're gonna also be rated R. Yeah, we're gonna, gonna be Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be the baddest of the Stark Wars you've ever seen. Yes. May y'all may y'all get a scar. No, nice. That's what it takes. Yeah, that's all you'll know. Uh, yeah, no, I think that would be a lot of fun. Maybe we can get a fun guest for that. Yeah. Hey, we'll listen. See. Yeah. Just maybe. put it out there. Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. No stress. No sweat off our bag, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Tommy, do you have any recommendations? I do. So I'm going to do two. They're kind of in the same stream. Uh, I've watched two like documentary series type things recently. Um, the one, one has two seasons already. Uh, on Netflix, they recently have done season two of the movies that made us. Uh, they're a lot of fun. If you love movies and you like to see behind the scenes stuff, do I think they get a little cute with their edit and do a little too many like jokey edits that I think are, are stupid? Yes. But the actual like uh, information they're giving is, is very good. And then the other one, I actually think might, I haven't looked any of this up, but again, the editing style is very from, sim- similar to the movies that made us is Disney our Lords and Savior, uh, Disney, has released Behind the Attraction, where they went through different rides at Disney World and Disneyland and kind of went through the process and, like, how they got originated, how the design worked, and then, you know, how it got implemented. Uh, again, some jokey edits I don't love, but it's actually really fascinating. The first one is Jungle Cruise because of the movie and they're trying to promote it. But then the other one is um, Haunted Mansion. They do Star Tours. They do – and it's actually really fascinating, especially talking about Star Tours with George Lucas compared to what we're talking about and, like, know that eventually Disney buys Star Wars. It's a really fascinating uh, little series. Yeah, I- I'm actually – totally down to watch the movies that may i've seen like uh, i know they have like some drastic park and some back to the future like it seems like uh, all the the big stuff i grew up with so uh yeah I've, i'd be excited to watch that um i've got a recommendation it might it might, it might blindside some folks because i've been seeing some negative reviews for this thing and I'm, I'm about to set the record straight here and now it's old by m night Shyamalan. this was one of the most i don't want to say too much like the the less you know about this movie the better uh, i think you should go in don't watch a trailer don't uh you might it might even skip ahead a minute while i talk about it but i won't say too much but old is m night Shyamalan's new movie and, and I, if you know m night Shyamalan, it's hit or miss right um and look you get some of that you get some of the clunky dialogue and like the one-dimensional characters and like the really simple themes and probably some plot holes. But with that being said, I think the concept alone makes up for it. This is like one of the most fascinating movies I've ever seen. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane. So basically, and I, I'm not going to say too much. I'm not going to say much. But there, there's a concept, and they're like, let's see how many ideas we could fit into this movie about. If this happened, what would it be like? And I think it was just so much fun. Like, and I was so excited, like, excited to see how things turned out and, and how they got out of the situation and what would happen next while they were in there. And um, look, uh, if you heard bad stuff about old, you might not like it. But here's one thing I will say: you will not be bored. It is a wild movie. Go see old, and it's one of my favorite movies of the year. That's I might check it out. Yeah, you got to. it's crazy. It's wild. Like it's just it's weird and it's it's just creepy. sometimes you need sometimes you need that in your life. Yes. I guess the best thing I can compare it to is the happening, which again probably doesn't sound great. Uh that's not one of his best movies. Uh it's kinda got it's got like the same type of like skilled dialogue in there, which is not great, but 
Um, it's just a fascinating concept. That's all. I'm done. Dropping my mic. Just kidding. I need to close this out. Yeah, don't <laughs> drop it. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, I'll give some thank yous out here. I'm gonna give a big thank you to Aaron Robertson who does our music and Ethan Kellum who does our logo. Also, I'd like to remind you guys to uh, rate us, review, rate and review us on iTunes, preferably five star reviews. How, what yeah. if we do the other way? We just what if you know we've been trying to we've been saying hey, can you do this? What if we reverse psychology? Don't listen to this part, listeners. You know what? Don't review us. Listen. Don't rate us. Don't review us. See if we care. That's, let's try that. And if you do, give us a one-star review. Just kidding. We're kind of we're, – we're on a roll with the five-star. Don't do that. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> uh, also, please subscribe. Uh, look, we're going to be here every week. Sometimes we do bonus stuff. So even if you're not watching Bad Batch, you might want to be there to, to catch what we're doing. Um, tell a friend. That, that always works. If you know somebody watching Bad Batch or somebody who's going to be watching What If – Tell them about the podcast. Uh, this is like we've kind of built our own thing. I, I'll talk about the Discord a little bit. Like we, we have a little community of people that talk and chat about some of our favorite shows. So, um, look, if you want to join that little Stark Wars lovable family, tell a friend. Yeah, maybe um, we'll start doing stuff like uh, like Star Wars brackets, you know? Like maybe we'll do character brackets and some fun like little games in Discord. And you can get that if you just join us. Yeah, we we talk about how we can spice it up in the Discord a little bit. We'll do we'll do some we'll do something. So, uh, all right. Uh, also, follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Star Wars Pod. And uh, I guess that's all we got for you guys. So, thank you so much for listening. You guys are the best. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. I've been like holding back a burp that entire time. Oh.